Welcome, this is Beyond the Here and Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau. And this is the show that will take you a moment to wrap your heads around new thought, new thinking, new ideologies in the way you've been taught to think and to believe about yourself, the world around you, and your place in it. Today's topic, we're going to talk about close encounters. Now, I am not one of those fanatics that wears foil on the head or fanatically chases behind UFO things and all that good stuff. That's not my style. And you know from shows past, I am a hard and fast skeptic. But, you know, we see all those experiences during childhood as we're growing into adulthood. We all see the little, you know, flying around in the sky from time to time. And we all know that there's something out there, unless we have a large ego, uh, in this whole universe that is uh, more than just being human. All this couldn't exist, and only us exist in the universe. Now, so, but I thought, you know, let somebody else take on to those subjects and master that, and that'd be fine for me. Well, I have a very dear friend who was asking me about the subject matter several years ago. And then he discussed, because he trusted me, he said, Look, Antonia, since I was a little boy, he lived in the desert with his family, a desert city in California. And he said, Look, Antonia, I have been, I know something has happened to me for several times since I was a little boy. Now, what happened was he would say he would be asleep in his bed, and he would see a light coming through his window. And then all of a sudden, he would see the scurrying and several little figures around his bed. But he couldn't scream. He couldn't run from the bed. He couldn't move. He was frozen. And it scared the life out of him because this happened more than once. And he couldn't scream for his mom or his grandma's parents to get him. Then he found out as he became older, this was happening several times, that it also happened to his mother and his grandmother. Well, through study, I had been aware that many times there's a small portion of the ET population that has needed human emotion to be bred back in. They are so technologically advanced that their civilization lost emotion. And of course, we have lots of it here. So their way of breeding it back in was to breed it through, one of the ways is to breed it through several generations. So I knew he didn't know but I was quite aware that his family, the grandmother, the mother, and he were probably subjects to that. And so I thought, okay, you know, that's nice. I took it as any researcher would. And so one day he called. He was house-sitting in the Hollywood Hills, very nice home, and there were friends over. He had uh, There were six people in the room. And all of a sudden, in the window over the door came a sharp, uh, intense blue light beam. It shot through the window, through into the living room, and then shot out again. And he said three of the people saw it, three didn't. 
And he called me, Antonia, 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 I just saw this blue light that came through the window. I said, okay, calm down. I said, was it, you know, a light from the neighbor flashing a bulb or taking a picture? No, Antonia. Okay. Was it something from the building across the street? Was it actually a light pole in a transom going out? No, Antonia, no, I checked. It was an actual light. It came across the room about three feet wide and a large, you know, it came across the room and then went out the window again. Yes, I really saw it. He knew that I was taking that stance of a skeptical a stance and wanted to further prove by getting rid of all the common denominators that it could be. So I said, okay, alrighty. Less than a week later, I'm sitting in my house, very different location, in California. And it's about midnight, which is not uncommon for me at the time. And I'm sitting there, and the drapes are closed, but I had this huge patio window that was offsetting, or a little man-made lake. And, but the drapes are closed, so I could have privacy with the light on. And I was just sitting there thinking all of a sudden about, you know, how I said what I was going to do with some sort of uh, painting on the wall or what I was going to do to make uh, something else. All of a sudden, right in front of me, within, oh, a foot of my face, from the right side of the corner of the room, in my living room, right in front of my face came this royal blue intense beam of light, solid, right in front of me and passed in front of my face, went to the lamp that was sitting to my left, I was in the recliner, and then shot back and went right. Well, I followed that light because it was going from a certain direction. I followed it left all the way and then back right. And then I saw it. This is what was eerie. When I looked over there, the thing didn't realize that I could see. All of a sudden, it recoiled. It drew its right, uh, left arm up and its left thigh up. And it was very muscular, not that tall, probably about five, five to five, six, I think, in height. But the skin was like the rust color. I would just say the uh, rust-colored skin, no clothing, and it had, uh, like if it was a giraffe, like segmented skin, but it was hollowed out, but large segments, no, um, but the same color all the way through, this rust color. And it withdrew and recoiled from me like it was frightened because it did not expect me to see. Well, you see, during my work as a professional psychic all my life, I actually see into those fourth and fifth dimensions as I do the work anyway. It's been part of my um, gift that I brought in this lifetime from childhood on. So I think it didn't expect me to see. So I kind of sat there because I'm pretty pragmatic. I thought, oh my goodness. And then it kind of disappeared. I thought, darn it. I thought, hmm, I should have been thinking loftier thoughts about how to save the world or what to do. I should have been thinking like that, and I didn't. Darn, I was thinking about what color to paint the wall again. Oh, well. So the next day, I happened to contact a friend that used to be with the FBI, a profiler, but he's very into these kind of things. I worked on several police forces as well, and it's been in uh, militia for military and, and in secret and black ops programs. And I asked, what, what was that light thing? He said, Antonia, you've been scanned. I said, what do you mean, scanned? He said, yes, you've been scanned. He says, I wondered when they were going to get to you. And so basically he was saying that, he said, not to worry, you know, they you know, are trying to figure you out or whatever it was. I thought, okay. 
And so I still wanted more knowledge on what had happened after that transpired. Well, I thought that was interesting because that next day, I tried to go onto YouTube that next morning and find somebody that had drawn or had seen a drawing so I could describe what this was. And here was one that showed different drawings on YouTube. And I sent it to the FBI guy on number 20. Uh, it was like 20 seconds into the video. This was the one that I'd seen. He said, yeah, Antonia, they breed them for different things. Some are scouts, some are this, some are that, some are warriors. They breed them for their actual job. I thought, okay, fine. But I knew I hadn't asked for that. Meantime, um, I found there was a show online that was very credible. Um, and it was this couple that was doing the show. I can't remember the name right now. And Dr. Uh, Boylan, Richard C. Boylan, was going to be on. And he's the foremost authority on... Um, uh, abductions and ETs and things like that as a hypnotist. And so he was on the show and I wanted to ask about this. And so at the end of the show, they opened so you could call in and I said, excuse me, but I had this experience. The, so they asked me, were you scared? I said, well, actually, no. I said, I thought I should be thinking loftier thoughts. So sure enough, they said, well, you know, they're going to be back. I thought, oh, okay. They said, did you notice anything unusual in the few weeks preceding? I said, well, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I came into my house, drove to the carport, and saw above my house, before I even got into the carport, a large, odd-shaped cloud, like a square cloud. I thought that was strange. As I looked through the entire uh, townhouse complex, and I saw no other clouds in the sky. And I said, that was strange to me, that this cloud was directly above my unit. There's only four units there, and mine was on the end. I said, I walked into the house, parked my car, walked into the front of the house, and went directly to the back, which was in those patio, large patio doors, which was on the lake. And I opened those doors. I would have never done that. And I looked straight up over my head at that lar large square cloud, and I couldn't figure it out why. And I looked again around. Nowhere else was any other cloud. They said, well, that was it. Just to let you know, you don't have to, you shouldn't have any fear. When you see them, there should be no fear. But you handle it properly, but we want you to know they will be back. And Dr. Richard Boylan asked, can you describe the entity? And I did it in detail, and he was silent. So I thought, okay, well, that's at least confirmation. Well, later that night, all of a sudden, uh, there were probably about 4 or 5 o'clock, and it was uh, in the spring, late spring, so... It was interesting because, uh, or early spring, somewhere around March, May, and I noticed that there were a ton of jets with chemtrails, but like five of them. And then I lived ooh, like a quarter of a block from a golf course. And so what ended up happening was, all of a sudden, I'd never seen this in all the years I had lived there. All of a sudden, there was a helicopter, a blue and yellow one, that landed on the golf course. Then within five minutes, another blue and yellow helicopter that landed on the golf course. Then within five minutes of that, a very large, all black, matte, with no numbers, no marking, helicopter landed on the golf course. I thought that was strange, and then I watched all night long, and they had out that back window, they had like four or five jets. Oddly enough, they were shining uh, uh, like a signal light up into the sky and they were making X's and W's constantly with these uh, jets 
four or five jets. I thought, something's weird. Why would that happen? So I kind of put that off as part of the research or project. Then, um, literally, um, uh, maybe just a couple of weeks after that, my friend was visiting, and he was at the house, and we were both working on separate projects, and I had tied mine up, and it was about midnight again, and he was uh, sitting on one side of the room, and then we both moved to the other side, and we were standing up. And all of a sudden, I looked standing behind him, and I saw a very tall figure, all white, pointy chin, uh, shoulders that looked like the points of elbows, and a white sash of some sort of cross. But it felt benevolent, taller than my friend. And I looked, and I didn't want to scare my friend, because he's kind of skittish, the same friend that had these visits all his life. I looked, and I looked back at him. He said, Antonio, you saw it, you saw it. I said, no, no. What do you mean? He said, I know you saw it. He said, I just felt like somebody else was in here with us, and I wasn't going to say anything. He said, but I know you just saw something. You looked away, and you looked right at me. What did you see? Tell me, tell me. And ultimately, I said, okay. It was benevolent. I didn't get any negative feeling from it, and it was taller than you. and was over here off your left shoulder and just behind you and standing there quite nicely. I said, but it's okay. And, of course, he was quite frightened. Well, perhaps oh, a week later, I woke up from a dream, but just before the dream awoke, I started smelling very acrid smell of smoke, very strong. And I said, Antonia, if you're smelling smoke in your dream, you might as well wake up. You need to wake up because it could be in your house. So I woke up, and I'm used to walking through my house in the dark, no turning on the lights. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. And so I went through the entire house, and it was summertime, and the windows were open, but I had shears over, so nothing could be seen, but didn't turn on any lights. And something made me go toward the window in the guest room that was covered by shear, and I happened to see. There was a very large figure, dark, all black, covered in hair, but smooth hair, but black, huge traps, huge shoulders. I tried to gauge the height because it was across uh, the lake or the pond, man-made pond, and it was across from my neighbor's window. The, the being was as tall um, or a little taller than that window height, so I knew it had to be, that it had to be seven or eight feet. So I thought that was kind of interesting, and it had this thing in its hand with two little lights, and it kept going left, right, left, right, like it was trying to look for something and couldn't tell, but right by the water's edge. And I heard someone say or something say to me, Antonia, do not get caught. They're looking for you. Don't get caught. So I, I, had, I was so curious. I thought, geez, should I run down and get the camera? But I thought, no, that little red light will show. So I went into my office just on the other side so I could get another angle. And there it was, kept shining that thing left, right, left, right. And it, like it was angry, upset, because it couldn't locate. And I thought, what the heck is happening? So sure enough, I kept going back and forth to each window, slowly creeping up on all fours to climb up to the window of the sea so I could see every angle of this thing and its intensity, its size, its everything, and trying the heck not to get caught at that look. So all of a sudden I said, look, Antonia, there is nothing you can do. It was now 45 minutes I've been watching this thing. 45 full minutes. I thought, look, God, I don't know. I promised to help in my life, but I, this is beyond me. I'm just going to go back to bed because it's on the other side of the house, and I just knew that was one way to go. As I said that in my hallway to myself, all of a sudden, across the pond, when you would laugh, you know, any other time you'd hear laughter, it would echo across the pond, but all of a sudden, I heard, Arr! 
as loud as you can, and it echoed across the entire pond. I thought, all of a sudden, there was a shiver that went up my entire spine, and I knew that that was no animal or human sound that I had ever heard. None. So I thought, okay, that's it. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and so I contacted the FBI guy again. I said, look, when this is big and this one, I described him. And then I went back online to find it. And it was at number 50 seconds. I said, this is this one. I could see somebody drew uh, drawn uh, pictures artistically of this one. He said, yeah, Antonio, that looks like a warrior or whatever. He said, I said, you know, I told you. They send a scout and then they come and try to do their thing. I said, well, look, I, I don't know what this is, but this is not something I want to be a part of. Well, sure enough, probably a week or so later, I'm sitting there, and I had told my friend these things that had happened as well, but I'm sitting there in that same chair right around midnight or so, and I noticed, uh, actually before this, I came home to my house, and the light, uh, a little lantern light outside my front door was blinking on and off. I looked, and nobody else's front light was blinking like that. I called the management and said, please, you need a new light. This one's blinking. And so they put it in right away. I thought, ah, oh, that's fine. Next day, I come home again. The light's blinking again. I go to Home Depot myself and get a new light and put it in. They had changed the light. I saw the guy change it. It should have been fine. No one else's light is blinking. I thought, aha, they've put a signal on my front door now so they won't get lost. Apparently earlier, perhaps the water or whatever he had on his so-called GPS wasn't working properly because it distorted where I was in proximity across the lake, not where he was located. So I thought that was all interesting. I thought, okay, fine. I'm safe. I've changed the light bulb. It's working good. I checked it. I went inside and I was uh, working on a project for one of my clients. And it was about a very important work, custom tailored for this client about their life purpose. And I'd finally recorded it all for this uh, client. And I had a hard time all of a sudden getting the computer to work. It wouldn't work right, right to produce a CD. And so I'm hammering on the computer. That's one of my nemesis. If it doesn't work well, my patience is off at that time. And I'm thinking, darn it, I can't believe this is not working. It's min Jeez, I've got to get this thing working. I finally got all this work done. All of a sudden, I hear a vacuum out of my right ear. Shook! That kind of sound. But not out of my left, which I thought was strange. And I looked left because I heard it only on the right. Then, two inches from my ear, I hear, <laughs> and can feel and see this huge thing with an exoskeleton, huge, right by me. I turn and said, look, I have no time for this mess. I'm trying to get this stuff. I'm trying to help my humankind. You should be out there helping your kind. We wouldn't be in this mess today if you were out there doing your job. I'm trying to do mine. Get out of here. I don't have time for this. And I went back and, oh, the computer worked. I thought, wow, made the CD. And I thought, Antonia, do you realize what you just did? And it dawned on me, oh, crap. Oh, my God. And I sat there thinking, what the heck? So I recognized that they had located and found me, but I still wasn't frightened. I, called, I wrote the FBI guy an email the next day and, and still looked. And it's, if someone said if they approach you, or someone had written a piece that said if they approach you, do not get frightened. Act like someone had stolen your purse, that anger, that intensity. And they hate it. Because those kinds of ETs, and that was back in 2008, feed on human fear. Well, after that, when I sat in that chair, the chair would rock and rock and rock. I had visitors come over, and the chair would just rock and rock and rock in control of me. One lady sat and she screamed. 
I said, okay. Well, yes, I did move from that location. But at that same day, there on the, the, the next day, there were one blue and yellow helicopter that landed on the golf course. And then the one all black, no uh, markings, all matte helicopter that landed, and tons of chemtrails and the same thing in activity handle that night. I lived 45 minutes from Edwards Air Force Base at the time. So they must have been privy and aware of this thing. Now, all of a sudden, the fall came, and I didn't feel that kind of negative intensity because I knew that 97 of all ETs are benevolent, beautiful, loving, highly advanced, very spiritually aware, more than we ever will be, 97%. Only 3% are negative, only 3%. So it was interesting to see with all this happening what this was leading to. So I realized and talked to the FBI guy. He said, oh, Antonia, I said, I don't feel those negatives rise. He says, no, the energy on the planet is raising. They can't stand it. They can't live in this uh, lightened energy. So they've left the planet. They're still trying to do their bidding through others that still are open to them, but they can't be here anymore. It's too harsh for them. So they've been off by the droves, by the thousands. They're off planet. And it wasn't until January 2009 that I had another one dream, a dream. And this little one said her name was Beatty. And she looked like a little cartoon figure, busty with big lips like a cartoon and a, a visor overhead and what looked like a ponytail. And she says, my name is Beatty, B-I-T-I. Would you like to help us? I said, well, sure, sure. Uh, she says, well, go take a look around, but you have to be back by 4 a.m., no later, if you're going to help us. I said, all right. So I'm walking in this place and looking around this large terrain and seeing places, and it was wonderful, and I realized, oh, it's almost 4 o'clock. I want to get back. So I came back, and I said, yes, I'd like to help. So she says, all right. And I remember going in somewhere and all of a sudden seeing the visor close on what looked like a window. And all of a sudden, quickly, I was away from the earth, gone. The earth got smaller and smaller underneath, and I was gone. I woke up quickly, all of a sudden, and went to the window. I said, darn it, if you were really here, you're going to have to prove it to me. So I went to the window and looked out, and I noticed... Uh, and stated, uh, I, you could prove it. And I saw some uh, an unusual light in a couple of them. And this one, uh, you could see it wasn't a star. Stars are white. This one had streamers of orange and green and blue and yellow and kept changing, but looked like a distant star. But stars are white. They don't have that color with them. So I said, if it was you, you need to show me proof, and I mean real proof. And all of a sudden, I see it go make a circle once, and then a circle again. I saw another little tiny pod go close to it, and then another one come away from it, and I thought, okay, but it felt benevolent. A week from that came, and I saw, I was in a dream again, I was waking up, I could see myself in my pajamas. They were these two most loving, benevolent creatures I had ever met. You could just feel the love coming from them. They were that, and this is real, folks. I wouldn't say this on the air. This is what really happens. Not some dream dream. I don't have symbolic dreams. This was an actual event. And in the dream, I could see that the brain stem was actually a double medulla. It wasn't a ponytail. And there was a male one and a female one. If I could describe it, it was like a Pillsbury Doughboy, about three, about three feet high, wide at the base, large hands and arms, and that double medulla. And they were very, very loving. I even drew a, a picture showing me in my pajamas talking to them. Um, 
literally because I've never felt that much love in my life. And after that, January 2009, that was it. But we've been changing our dimensional levels here on the planet. This is Beyond the Here and Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau. And we'll be back in just a moment. Indy 100. And we're back. This is, of course, Beyond the Here and Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau. And today's topic, we've been talking about encounters or close encounters. The one I described at the beginning of the show is called a close encounter of the fifth kind. If you want more information on close encounters, that scale was developed by Dr. Hynek, who was chosen by the U.S. government to disprove all this, and he found it was provable. Um, I'm happy to say online today, we have my guest, Yvette. How are you, Yvette? And Yvette uh, contacted me a couple of weeks ago about an experience she was uh, having over and over again. And can you tell us uh, a little bit, please? Well, I live um, right on the coast, uh, along the uh, western California coast. And on September 20th of this year, I woke up probably between, uh, well, 3 o'clock. And I looked out as our windows look over the water and can see over Santa Monica Bay. Um, I noticed something. I recognized something. And I grabbed the binoculars and I took a look at what I noticed in the sky and what it presented itself. It was this light prism. And it had several hues of light. Yellow, blue, red. And it flickered, not spinning or anything, just flickering in the sky. I was very, very astonished, and then I woke up my husband, and I had him look at it as well, and he goes, that's not a star. And I says, I don't think it is. <laughs> and then we went back to bed. Well, ever since that September 20th, I've been, you know, eye spying in the sky. I've been looking and, and seeing what I would see that same, you know, yeah. type of started with one and then it, it developed and continued and to its current day. Um, last night I saw several within September 20th and now. I've probably counted up to you know, seven, eight, nine in the sky. Wow. And saw some movement and, and some of them um, going one to the right and then to the, to the left. And then, um, then when is in, in a, what seemed to be in a stationary mode. It would have continuous flashes in, 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 the, in, the, in the, um, like a circular diameter around the, the main principal light. So just imagine one point of reference with what I explained how it looked, and then it would have these flashes of light around it. Um, if you stuck your arms up, you made a big circle on the visual side of things. And it just flashed. I once counted up to 20 flashes around this one particular focus. And um, this has been continuing um, since September 20th and, and, and up until today. This evening, you know, again, I'll look. Um, I, I, it's amazing. And they tend to come up around the same area. What was also quite for me. I'm still working on understanding this. 
skipper has three, three at the, you know, if you, if you look at it, the ladle's facing down to earth and it's, and, and the, the big pot. On the base of the pot, there's three, there's three stars, if I'm correct, and astrologically. Um, Three stars. What I noticed was those prism light was right within those three stars, very close to them. Um, then I saw what I understood to be Venus. There was one right above Venus one night, um, and these are the, the tended to start showing up just as, as, as sundown and um, stay within its range um, all evening as the stars are moving. They're they're staying pretty much in the same. Now, I live, I can see planes go back and forth and, and, and circle and do all these things because we can see the, um, the uh, airport at LAX. And I've learned to decipher one from another. You know, um, planes have their, their front lights and they also have a, a belly light that flashes um, down and then they have their own light bright light and you can physically see them move across the sky <laughs> in a certain speed and velocity and you can identify them quite well mm-hmm. um, so this this other this other um, unidentified craft is really unexplainable to me I, I don't understand what that is and I, my question to you Antonia is what do you understand as far as the time and period and, and, uh, and this sequence of time for us what that symbolizes or why they're here in that respect um, because there's a lot of them. Yes. All right, and and it's a it's a repeated pattern. It's that small, so I, I'm happy that your husband showed you that it was, or told you that it was uh, not a star. And what I will tell you is the beehive mentality. By the way, once one knows something, they all kind of know. And the government or our shadow government that doesn't tell anybody anything knows, and they've clocked that there are 1,759 different species throughout the universe that has been created by creator, source, force, all there is, God. It it is all been created, not just humans. And right now the earth is going through this great phase of, um, how can I say it, her evolution. She's going back to fourth dimension as she was supposed to and on to fifth. And many of the people, all the humans that are able to move forward in that benevolent area are going to fourth as well. And so what ends up happening is she is already changing her vibrational rate, as you heard me say, uh, when the FBI guy said they can't be here anymore, and I sensed and felt the negatives weren't around. And that dimensional rate requires more compassion, more understanding. Those on the planet that can't be that way will uh, make transition. They'll die, and they'll go and be reborn on another third-dimensional planet somewhere else in the universe, but not this one. So the earth herself, there will be one earth. But during these, all these changes right now, there are benevolent ETs that are out there helping us through this great transition. It is huge because we go through this transition through the galactic center that Nostradamus and Edgar Casey everybody talks about. We go through this every 26,000 years. And so the ETs are trying to lighten some of the load that we're having. Instead of earthquakes at the size of 12, they narrow them down to 10, 9, okay? Whereas we have the elite and the harp trying to crank them up to 9 and 12. So they're a battle between the darker forces and the light trying to keep it and watch these changes happening. 
So that is part of it. They're helping to guide us through this this uh, location or this space and time right now because we are advancing in our greater understanding. It's kind of like we're coming out of the dark ages again, kind of like the time before Leonardo da Vinci, everybody was like, Ugh, and all of a sudden, bam, everybody was artistic and wonderful. Well, that's what's about to happen. We're going to pause for a little break and we'll be back in just a moment. We play favorites. Cindy 100. And we're back. This is, of course, Beyond the Here Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau. And when we've been talking today about close encounters uh, with my online guest, Yvette. Yvette has had a close encounter of the first kind, and that's seeing the visual of the craft. Uh, Yvette, you asked me, why are they doing this? And that was, I was mentioning at the last segment, that's because we're getting it ready to go through these major changes on the planet, physically, spiritually, and mentally. All three phases were changing. And a lot of people have... Uh, gotten misinformation and on the show I always strive to get brilliant information as to why. So a lot of them are coming, they are taking their whole lives away from their families to come here to help us usher in through this period as easily as they, um, as we possibly can. So they're helpful. Okay. And they know, unfortunately on this planet, for long too long, our shadow government was connected to the 3% or negative ET population. Well, that vibration they can't even be in any longer. So that is why we see that change. But these changes are real. As you could see, we just had the 7.7 .7 in uh, the eastern portion of Canada. We have, if everybody will please download Earthquake 3D, the free program, Earthquake 3D. And if you have a Mac, just download um, Parallels first. And it will help you pull into that program. And I want you to run the program. When it says run, just click on it. But what will happen is you'll see the planet spinning around. And it will show a few earthquakes. And people forget that little slider is on one day or between zero and one day or half a day. Slide the slider down to day seven. Those are all the earthquakes that happen in seven days and how far they were felt. And it registers their intensities all over the world. And the globe is interactive. You can change it, move it. Now, this is important because you need to see all that the media isn't showing you. It's Earthquake 3D. Download the free program and keep it on your taskbar and run it when you feel the chance. I look at that one in several programs. I look at the volcanic programs as well as the USGS that doesn't always tell the truth. But this one shows it in its intensity, which is quite astonishing when you see all the activity that they don't want you to know about. So the ETs are not just here, they're all over the world, not just where you are on the coast, but they're all over the world. But that Pacific tectonic plate is the plate that is going to have the largest movement or first fracture during these major Earth changes. Now, this is just natural. This is how the planet grows. That's all. Whether we're here or not, we can't be egotistical and have her stop her birthing, stop her growth, her natural process, because we don't want to, because it makes us feel uncomfortable. And I'm sorry if people don't like hearing this, but I would rather know you to know the truth and how to properly prepare for it um, so we can do this. So, Yvette, you had question, uh, more uh, other questions about this? Thank you. 
organically going on and that may be part of the influence of, of our visitation in regards to assisting um, or, or guiding the process. But there was an, an article that was revealed in 'Cause that's not our phase at this point. What happens is they came in the fifties seven because we were in the Cold War. Remember everybody was building bunkers in school, you had to hide under your desk and have drills. They also came in nineteen forty one over Los Angeles in droves. It was in the LA Times. And then it was shut down the next day, that information. Our military actually shot at them in forty one. When the nineteen forty one was just before World War Two. What had happened? was uh, they were trying to help prevent the harm we would cause on the planet because it's like a pebble in concentric circles. What we do here affects the entire cosmos. But we were too stupid, too ignorant, too egotistical to know better. So they monitor. And it was the elite that sold everyone on nuclear power. Tesla's system, and Tesla obviously has some 18,000 inventions that they're still using, required no use of nuclear weaponry, nuclear power, none. All clean base energy. And they felt that they couldn't make money from that, so they decided on this nuclear. So because we were in the heat of the Cold War between Russia and the United States, with all our hidden missile silos that are now filled with water at this time, that was why. Now everybody hears right now the elite are trying to start the Third World War. It won't get started. The ETs will make sure that that doesn't. They always try to do that. In fact, they do start, it is fact, they start every war we've had. And they also back both sides. They also give money, weaponry, to both sides because they make money. So you see, they've forgotten it. So when I mentioned physical, spiritual, and mental changes on the planet, I wasn't kidding. All three are happening at once. On Earth, humans are level three in evolution. Level three, there's two levels under us. But throughout the cosmos, God in the universe's greater cosmos, there are beings level 12, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. We got a long way to go before we're anything like the 12s, okay? So they're trying to control because like a pebble that hits in the water, those concentric circles, circles affect them as well. And so that information about the nuclear weaponry and the nuclear use was given to humans by contracts that were made with Truman, 
by the small grays that were part of the negative group. The negative group being the lizards, uh, uh, the draconian society, and the small grays that would experiment. So they broke their the rules. They signed a treaty with Truman. Okay, we'll do this and we'll do our work and it'll be okay and we'll give you these kind of um, these kind of uh, new inventions. The same way they work with Hitler, and you saw that group building their rockets and their stealth. They had the the stealth ship in the 40s in Germany. What we just now currently have is the stealth the stealth bomber. So. All these things that the ETs try to monitor because we're like little kids. I call us purse dogs. We're sweet and trainable. But Jesus Christ, we're very low on the scale of understanding. But they know we have this divine or God spark inside that can be cultivated to become more divine or God-like, so to speak, or like creator, source, force, all there is. So at this time, because there's so much intensity on the planet, they are trying to call it... Uh, uh, how can I say it, calm, that physical intensity, because that's the first and foremost, the most important thing happening on the planet. And then keep the elite in check because they have horrible, heinous plans while these natural changes are here because they only want the population down to 500 million, the elite. And they're working on their plan as well, hence the third war. So they do that on purpose to frighten people, uh, like they did with the Twin Towers. That was an inside job, and we should know that. You can pull on Netflix a documentary. Uh, it's uh, called The War, uh, The Truth Behind, Uncovered, The Truth Behind the War in Iraq. You can see all kinds of detail for detail. So unfortunately, our shadow government lies to the population constantly, and we still stupidly believe everything we find on the news everything everybody else will say. And that's only the news and the media is owned by only one person. There are two groups, Reuters and AP, and they put out everything or not to slant it the way they want you to believe. So they're not telling, only in this country, every other country nearly in the world has disclosed that there were ETs. England did it a few years ago, and they said, we're sorry, our Blue Book project, oh, those things did happen. Oh, they had it over the news because they were informed by the higher ETs that they needed to come to tell these people because they have to come help us through these major changes. And if we are walking around fearing them, we've got a problem. If we want to just shoot them down all the time, we've got a little problem. So ultimately, you see these, uh, how can I say it, what happened with the elite was they're in bed with Hollywood so thick that they all of a sudden started putting horrible E.T. movies out so we wouldn't like them. They brought back V. They did all kinds of stuff so we'd be frightened of them and just hate them and not align. But those are not the kind that are coming and helping. Those are not the, the, the we see the benevolent ones that are trying to help us through this phase. And it's not just this time in our history. Earth has been here 4.5 billion years. And because it's part of their cosmos, they have always, always been here to help. Always. Always. So you have another question for me? Everywhere else. Yeah, everywhere else on the planet. I mean, the, the 
ones that, that um, the U.S. has, has certainly, in what you just shared, um, uh, disengaged on the nuclear level, um, but other other nations and other other countries aren't have not. That's incorrect. So, That's a lie. That's propaganda that you believe from the elite. They want you to believe that Iran is doing it. No, Iran's not. Did, in fact, in Iraq, did the Iraqis come to your house and invade your home? You know, you don't see what I'm saying? The, 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 so that's a lie. There were no met weapons of mass destruction. They did that so we could get in there and control. And actually, it was all about the fact that Saddam Hussein was going to take the oil standard and put it back on the euro instead of the dollar. And we were angry because he was going to do that. So we invaded first, stole every bit of gold from Iraq, and eradicated um, Saddam Hussein, who we had installed years before. So it's a lie. Iran is not doing anything against the United States, but they want to control that whole Middle Eastern oil market. That's all it is. And that was established when the last presidency, for eight years, stole that election, and that's all proof as well. That eight years was to set up that they wanted power base in the Middle East. There was never a problem with weapons of mass destruction. Not at all. They don't, what they do hate is when we invade their land, and we do that, unfortunately, too much. But no Iraqi came to your house or anyone's house in the United States and bombed you. What did we do there? Only 5,000 soldiers were killed in Iraq. Do you know we killed 600,000 women, men, and children? We did. The U.S. We did. That's the truth. So whatever they want people to believe is what they want your patriotism and to hate this. They do China bashing. They'll do Iran bashing. And we stupidly have believed them. That's the problem. And this is real. This is not my opinion. This is real fact. So the biggest problem right now is that Pacific Tectonic Plate does not belong to the North American Tectonic Plate. That plate system is jammed up. That's why we got the Rockies. It's slammed into one another, and it's getting ready to break apart. That's why. So as I mentioned, that first fracture, but at the same time, we're making a physical change on the planet. People must understand. They're more aware now. They're more psychically aware, because I had studied years ago and confirmed that, and from the late 80s on to the early 90s, people are going to become more psychically aware. That's what's happening. We're spiritually growing. Physically, the planet is growing as well. So we're all making these strides, physically, spiritually, and mentally. That's what's going on. Brilliant. Yeah. So we have to learn not to listen to CNN, any of them, because it's a lie. And before anyone goes on the Internet, I would suggest a quiet inward meditation to ask to be shown better discernment, to be drawn to real material, because there's so much garbage out there. So we get it correct. We're going to pause for a little break, and we'll be back for more questions. Indy 100 Burbank. And we're back. This is, of course, Beyond the Here and Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau. And we've been talking about close encounters today with my online guest, Yvette. And we've been talking about how the, the last segment, how the media just shifts our thinking politically 
to have us frightened of nuclear terrorist attack and nuclear war and all that because they've been trying to create war since the late 80s on the planet and again a full bore effort in 2000 when we had the election stolen by Bush and again um, just recently. So all those, the Koreans and all the other people that they make you fear, that's a lie. It's us that we invade, the U.S. invades, always. None of those countries have ever stepped foot here. We step all over everyone else. Okay, Yvette, you had, uh, this is the time of the show I like to give back uh, as a thank you for being on the show today. Um, my gift to you is a mini reading on the air. And as a professional psychic, I want to describe to you how I do this. I am psychic, clairvoyant, clairaudient. That means, of course, that I see and I hear. I just use Tarot, Astrology, Numerology, Palmistry, Graphology to confirm what I'm picking up. But the first portion, I kept demanding proof years ago, even though I've done more than 50,000 plus readings in my life. I have always demanded proof, and it's not good enough just to be psychic. It's part of the human component to varying degrees, however they use it, small or little. But it needs continued knowledge to be fed. Jesus, Krishna, Buddha, Muhammad, Moses, they're still working on stuff. We're nowhere close. So years ago, sorry, years ago, before it was trendy, I started to give that kind of proof or want that, as I always do, proof because of someone's life. And way before the trend in the books and the movies, I started to see the person's guide slash guardian angels. And not one time have I ever seen wings, not once. Your guide guardian angel cannot be grandma, grandpa passed over or a friend, a loved one, and relative, because they were just here. What do they know? Just a little bit more than you. Your guide is a highly evolved soul that you chose prior to your birth that never has to incarnate on the earth again. They're done with Earth School 101, I call it. Okay, so it's important they're dedicating because you picked, because they had a proficiency or an expertise in what you would be dealing with to help you. And that is who I see in here. They will literally put me in your body. I'll feel it as if it is happening to me physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. They'll pull me out. I'll see you in the scene of that, uh, as well as they're talking and telling me things at the same time. And because of my skepticism, I always have the astrology, numerology, and tarot at the side as well. Your question today for me? No, that's good. Um, precise, but they're, they're right, my understanding of who they are. Okay. I, mean, I would like to understand who they are. And like I said, a man is on my right, and which I understand there's a woman on my left. Okay, your guide is always, always, always on your right side. Always. That is the energetic stanch. That is your guide. We almost always have one guide. Almost always. If there's an expertise your guide doesn't have for a short period of time when you're going through a certain project, he will step back. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. <clears throat> he'll step back and he'll bring in other guides that may have an expertise, but he's the one that controls it. When they're done with that project, he'll step back in. Always on the left are always, always, always relatives that are passed on. That is the only place they can stand is on the left side. 
if you watch those shows, James N. Prague and, and John Edwards, they are always, always on the left. They only can visit with that energy on the left. So one is the guide, the other is a relative, a female relative that has passed on and just wants to say hi. The guide... Okay, that's, that's a little general, so I'm going to help you to phrase it more succinctly. Do you want to know if you will get to know your guide or connect or listen to your guide, which is normally what we don't do, between now and the next six weeks, two months? And they'll tell me all that other stuff. That's a piece of cake. But let's ask of you, because that guide does know everything and is just waiting for us to ask. But we always think we can use our 2% of the brain and do it anyway. So do you want to know if you're going to get closer to... Uh, connect or talk to your guide in the next, what, two weeks, six months, two years? Uh, I'd like to know what the message from my guide is now um, within, within this reading, if that's possible. Okay, there's too many messages. That's a constant all day long. We just don't listen. Okay. So they're not just there for one message. Like I said, they're there 24-7 in every phase of your life because it's to keep you on your life path. We're not taught that. Children are taught out of it by the time they're five. Babies always see it. You lay it, the baby's laying in the crib, you know, it hasn't screamed for you to get it yet. The baby is cooing and looking at something and laughing and wiggling its feet at the, the ceiling and watching something in a pattern. They're talking and listening to their guide, guardian angel. But because our parents don't talk about it, we stop by the time we're five and it has to be built in. So do you understand the purpose of the guide is to keep you on your mission and your life path? The garbage you promise to clean up in the personality, the spiritual growth you promise to make in this lifetime, and the mission you promise to leave the world better than when you came. Each person's is going to be different. So I would suggest, you might want to ask, will you absolutely be able to connect and, and hear your guide more? It's us that keeps low, our vibratory rate low. That we have to raise it to hear them. We have to build our antenna in. What we eat, how we are, our meditations, that is how we raise that antenna. So do you want to know that question? Will you be able to get close to hear the guidance offered on a day-to-day, all-day basis? And I'm not kidding. I couldn't live all my entire life without that day-to-day basis. Okay, do you want to know, is there a time frame for you this lifetime? Would you like to know if you get close, or will you? I would say this lifetime, I think this is where I'm looking and what I, where I am presently in my life, and that's where I would like to know within the next week. Maybe let's uh, work with your uh, narrowing uh, process here. Um, it would be within the next week. Perfect. Um, would, would I be able to start hearing and how Perfect. I would hear him? Perfect. Yeah, what would okay. be the process? Perfect. You want to know if between now and the next week, you'll start to actually hear your guide. And so be able to follow those instructions. Please say stop shuffling whenever your heart says stop. Stop. Okay. One second, please. I'm confirming as well with the tarot, and I'm laying them out. And the interesting thing about the guide is they're always saying stop or waiting to be asked. They can't just jump in and say do this or that. We're not going to listen. So on a day-to-day basis, and I can confirm, I can tell you every single time. And I say, because I'm human, I don't know better. Show me proof all day long if this is what you want me to do. And they always do. But this is showing me the answer is yes. Here's the mail right here. It does show me on the pathway you're headed. Not only is it yes within a week, there's a tendency for you to pull your energy down so you can't hear. You see, when we are depressed uptight, angry, upset, 
they have to stay across the back of the room and we don't even hear them when they're right behind it, right beside us. It's like sticking your head in a hot oven. That's how it feels to them. So that discordant energy, it shows me the outcome here is a tendency for you to deny it and think it's not correct or real. It does show me on the path where you're headed, the balance of mind, body, and soul is what you're aiming at. You're structuring your own life to present itself spiritually, raise a certain level, physically to raise a certain level, and to mentally raise a certain level. And here it is, the guide is helping you to work on that. Also, the need for income, and it's showing me the guide will also do that. I mean, when I was selling real estate, I would ask the guide to give me the right escrows, the right customers. And I had 10 to 17 transactions a month when they only required two because I use the guides. It also shows me here on the pathway headed that God and the universe's influence is showing me that you're partly thinking it could be something negative. Now, if you have a love for God, it will never be negative. The easiest way to connect to your guide is in the car when you're alone. They will ride one seat or the other, back seat, one side or the other, or the passenger seat next to you. They have a preference. I am not kidding. You're in the car, parked, hopefully, or at a stop, you turn to where you feel and sense the eyes. That is the most intense energy out of the, uh, the human, or actually out of the soul, okay? Where you feel the eyes. And then say out loud, not non-verbally. Thanks for being there, helping to open hear you. You will feel shivers up the spine or goosebumps, um, chills in the, hot, in the nicest way, a prickle in the cheek, an expansion in the heart chakra, because that guy says, oh my God, she finally talked to me. This is perfect. Now we have conversation going. So it is showing me here on the pathway you're headed. The answer is yes, it will. And then they're showing me something I had forgotten about from years and years ago. I had learned this many, many years ago about connecting to the guide. And it was a situation in my life that was kind of horrible and I was upset. And I, would, I was saying, well, if I could hear this guidance, I wouldn't be in this mess. What do you mean you can't hear? I said, well, you know, like you hear the TV or the radio, I can't hear. They said, what, what do you mean you can't hear? I said, you know, like... And I realized I was arguing with a male voice, not my own. I fell back laughing on the bed and went to the mirror and said, Okay, God, I'm ready for service. Just put me in there. And I don't mean God in a religious way. Man invented 35,000 religions. That's not the problem. God did not. Your own personal connection to the divine creator. But it does show me here that that's, there's a tendency, even here the, the connection is, for you to deny it and also then distort it and not utilize it, okay? I'm warning you about it. If you stay balanced, mind, body, and soul, you will achieve recognition, though, amongst your peer, the public, or the media. So does that help you, by the way? Yes, it does, too. Okay. And they don't have wings. I notice that that is that auric undulating field of energy. In the 5th century, we saw it as humans. We thought, it, and that we saw the, the body what looked like levitation. We thought, that must be wings. It's undulating, that, that field. We didn't know. And so we've been drawing wings ever since the 5th century, which is kind of sad. <laughs> All right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. so loved ones will always visit, usually after two to three years of passing, on that left side of you. And I usually, go ahead. Who would that be on my side? They said, it's somebody like a mother, uh, somebody that was a mother's mother or like a grandmother or somebody connected like a mother figure on that left side that has passed on. And and, and it's uh, on that side, it's not somebody that's hanging on, it's just somebody that comes to visit. And they do. Okay. They just want to say hi. Okay. 
Okay, but we only have the one mainly, okay? Understood. <laughs> Does that help uh, as well? 